said, Amen. I read a story of a foolish man that built a boat. I've told the story before in times past, but let me refresh you in case you haven't heard it. His intention was that it would be the grandest, the most talked about boat ever sailed from the harbor of the boat club of which he was a member. So he determined to spare no expense or effort. This foolish man, he outfitted his craft with colorful sails, complex rigging, comfortable appointments and conveniences in its cabin. The decks were made of beautiful teak wood and all the fittings were custom made of polished brass. And on the stern, painted in gold letters, readable from a considerable distance, was the name of the boat. It was called the Persona, the Persona. So he built the persona, and this, this foolish man could not resist fantasizing about the anticipated admiration and applause that he would get from all the other club members at the launching of his new boat. In fact, this man thought more about the praise that was soon to come. The more time and attention he gave to those aspects of the boat's appearance. He wanted it to look good, how it would attract the crowd and intensify excitement. Now, it seems reasonable that because no one would see the underside of the persona, that the man saw little need to be concerned about the kill of the boat or, for that matter, anything that had to do with properly, properly distributed weight or ballast in a sailboat. And so experienced sailors probably, if they heard that, would wince at this because you have to remember that the boat builder was acting with the perceptions of the crowd in his mind and not the seaworthiness of the vessel. One of the occasions when he was sorting out his properties and uh, his priorities and getting everything right and talking about his time and his resource, he said to himself, why should I spend money or time on anything that is out of everyone's sight? So all he could hear was the praise that was to come. So driven by such reasoning, the foolish man built his boat. But the things that he did not do would ultimately come back to haunt him. Things that were invisible when the boat entered the water. I've read this story several times through the years. I've used it right here in this pulpit several, several years ago. But in my prayer I came to the building yesterday morning by myself. I like it when nobody's here but me. And, uh, and talking to the Lord, I could not help escape this, this story and the things that kept coming back to me. So the people of the boat club understood 
and, and they appreciated sails and rigging and decks and brass and slate rooms and what they saw they praised and many of them would say there's never been a boat like this in our boat club. This is the greatest looking boat we've ever had. He will bring great notoriety to our, to our local boat club. And so when the day came for the maiden voyage, the people of the club gathered at the dockside, just as the man imagined it would be. They broke open a bottle of champagne, and they broke it over the bow, and the moment for the man to set sail came, and the breeze filled the sails, and the persona thrust out into the harbor. And he stood at the helm and heard what he had anticipated for years, the cheers and the well wishes of envious admirers who said to one another, our club, our club is grander than them all now. This man will make us the talk of the yachting world. And so this beautiful persona slips out into the harbor. What he had accomplished, he was so proud of. He was seized with a rush of confidence as he stood at the bow, on the bow of that boat. And he guided it into the waters of the harbor. But a few miles, everybody say with me, just a few miles. Just a few miles away, there was a storm brewing. Not a hurricane, but not a small squall either. Something that the wind would come up. At the persona began to shudder, and water began to come over the sides of that sailboat. How about connections with club members, the one who sailed on either side of him in that harbor that day? When he suddenly looked around, everybody had gone back. He had been so overtaken with his beautiful boat that he did not notice that other boats had already turned aside. And within minutes, the personifers colorful scale sails were in shreds and the splendid mass was splintered in pieces and the rigging was unceremoniously draped all over the bow and the teakwood decks and the lavishly appointed cabin were awash with water. And then before the foolish man could do anything, the persona turned upside down. Now, this is important. I want you to hear me out. When most boats would have righted themselves, I don't know about sailboats, but I looked into it. And a sailboat is built with weight in the bottom. So that if the sailboat turns over, it will right its own self. Are you with me? So when the most of the boats would have turned back up because its builder, the foolish man. I don't even know his name. The story doesn't give it. But the foolish man had ignored the importance of what was below the water. There was no weight there. There was no ballast there. There was nothing for the man to do. And the, the story goes that when that piece of boat finally floated to the shore and people began to pick up the pieces they discovered that this boat was not well built at all. It was built for sight. The foolish man died at sea, and one that wanted to become something to his boat club never became what he really wanted to be. 
And so the versions of that story goes on to be recycled in a thousand ways in the life of every one of us that sit here. If I could rename the story, perhaps it would start like this. Once a foolish man built a house. Or maybe it would be like this. Once a foolish man built a career. Or once a foolish man built a marriage. Or maybe once a foolish man built a life. My point on this Sunday morning is that this man was taken by everything that the crowd could see and everything that the world could see. But he did not understand the value of having weight under the water. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to preach to you on a Sunday morning that what is below the water line counts. What is below the water line is important. I've come to say to you on this Sunday, I love everything about Christian Life Church. What a beautiful edifice God has given us to worship in. What a great place right here on the interstate. What wonderful people God has placed in this church. What beautiful music and talent we have in this church. I give God praise for all that that God has given us that meets the eye. I've had many people walk in and say, oh, this is a beautiful place. This is outstanding. This is wonderful. But I've come to preach to you on a Sunday morning. I am not so concerned with what men see as to what men feel and what men have. I am not so concerned about the the sails and the teakwood and the brass and all the tapestry that goes on the deck. What I am concerned about is, is there a Holy Ghost revival? Is there a Holy Ghost shaking? Is there an outstanding move of God? Are miracles still happening in the church? Is anybody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Is anybody taken to the waters of baptism and buried in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, we can't build just for the crowd. I'm going to preach a little bit today. I've got such a deep burden. We can't build just for what people see. I love everything that's happening around us. I'm not discrediting anything. But what I want more than anything else is for blind eyes to be open. I want the lame to walk again. I want some drug addict to walk in here and be freed of drugs. I want people to walk out of here that were bound by alcohol, walk out of here free of alcoholism. I want people to lay down their habits and their, their all the things that have disrupted their lives. Hear this preacher today. This is why. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 he said unto them take heed somebody shout take heed he said beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth it's not what you're showing I don't care what kind of car you drive how much Holy Ghost you have I don't care I don't care how big a house you live in you know what that's impressive wonderful look at my bank account so what my question tonight is what below today is what have you got below the waterline what's below that men don't see what's on the inside of you today
Because you see, it's not what in you possess, what you possess. It's what you don't, it's what don't show to the outward. That's why Paul said, so the though the outward man perish. It's a perishing thought. But but to the inward man, it's got to be renewed every day. Something's got to happen on the inside of us. You see, this is why Jesus taught that a man that prays in secret shall be rewarded openly. When you do it when nobody can see you, you when you do it when nobody knows what's going on, when you do it and you're not doing it for show, he said, don't pray on the street corners like the Pharisees where everybody can brag on you. Don't don't give just to be in sight of others that, that they know what you're giving. Is there anybody in this room today that wants an anointing in your life, that wants a move of the Spirit of God in your life, that's not worried about the fray, that's not worried about the crowd, that's not worried about what everybody else is saying. Oh, God, let us build something deep inside of us today. tell you what will keep you when the world's on fire and when darkness veils the sun. Let me tell you what will happen. Let me tell you what will be there more than anything. It's not the car you drive. It's not the job you have. It's not how much money you have in the bank. It's not, not the popularity of your name and bright lights. What will keep you when the world's on fire and darkness veils the sun is the good old-fashioned power of God deep down inside of you that will keep you when the death angel comes and when sickness arrives and when trouble is there. It's something that will keep you through everything hell can throw at you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a, a rich man in Luke 12 in verse 16 Bible said the ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruit and he said this is what I'll do I'm paraphrasing now he said I'll just build I'll tear down these barns that I have and I'm going to build bigger barns and I'll bestow all my fruit and all my goods he said I'll just and I'll say to myself he said I'll say soul thou hast much goods laid up for many years Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, but God said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then, then, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasures for himself is not rich toward God. Oh, you're preaching against savings account. No, you're preaching against retirement. No, no, I'm just telling you don't put your faith in that. Your 401k can go under before you snap your fingers. Your 403b may not last till next month. Your stocks and your bonds and your options and your, your investments may come to naught. You can't build just for what's seen. You see, there's so many people. Can I just preach today? Y'all don't mind me just being me for a little bit, do you? I get so tired of the showmanship. Who cares? Who cares about show? Some people, that's all that matters to them is about what they see. Let me tell you something. I've, I've seen people that didn't look worth 15 cents that could buy all of us. You need to go read a book called The Millionaire Next Door. If you never read that, you ought to go read it. How they ride, ride around in jalopies. They dress in old 
tattered clothes sometime and shoes. They're not out here. They ain't got nothing to prove, Darren. They're just, they're just millionaires and nothing to prove. I wish we could get to the place where we're not trying to prove anything. We don't, we're not here to impress people. We're not here to impress the crowd. We're not here to look like this or look like that. I want to tell you what we ought to do. We ought to pray until glory falls in this church. Let me tell you, they're not coming to see what you look like. They're coming for limbs to be straightened out and lives to be changed. And they're looking for miracles and signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stack it up, rich man. God said, you better remember God said, thou fool. You, you got it all wrong, sir. You got it all wrong. All those crops are good and all those new barns are great and that's going to look good to the community and everything's going to look good in your retirement. But here's my question. You fixing to die and who's that going to? You with me today? You see, foolish man, did you not understand that in this business, storms will inevitably come. Storms will always come. They may come when the doctor walks in and says, you have an incurable disease. They may come at a friend this week that lost a child. They may come in the death of a child. Or any loved one in your life. Storms may come when the boss walks in and you've worked there 30 years and he says, It's over. We're shutting down this company. You have no job tomorrow. Storms always come. There's not a soul in this room today that don't know a little bit about storms because the Bible said a man's life is, is few days and full of trouble. That's what the Bible said. So storms are coming, disruptive moments in your life, things that you can't control, things that you have no way. You, you, you know, there's some things that you can control, and we all like to be in control, but there's coming a time in your life when you're not going to be in control that you can't help what's happening, that there is nothing, nothing you can do about your surroundings and where you're standing. You didn't ask to be there. You didn't even want to be there. But here you are facing disruptive moments in your life. What about the disruptive moment where we have things that we cannot explain, things that can you imagine, can you imagine Jonah in the belly of a fish wrapped up in seaweed, dark, lonely, fixing to die, crying out to God? It was an unexplainable moment to Jonah. He didn't know what he was going to do until he said, Lord, I will. And God heard him from the belly of a whale and he puked him up on dry land and he walked out of there a different man. It's a disruptive moment. Do you understand there was a man standing on the backside of a desert and all of a sudden he's looking at a bush and it starts burning. 
and it's just burning, and it keeps burning, and not a leaf is turning brown. Not a leaf is turning or falling off. Not a limb is being charred. It's called a disruptive moment of wonderment in your life when you can't explain what's going on. What about the birth of your child? Those are, are, are times in your life we can't really explain all of that. The disruptive moments are coming. There's a process that we call aging, that it's coming to every one of us. And there are disruptive moments in that. There's something that, that there's something most of us would rather not do. And that spiritual discipline and spiritual battle. And it's a daily process. And those are disruptive moments in our life. You can get full of God on Sunday and walk out on Monday and it feels like the devil turned every demon of hell out on you at 8 o'clock Monday morning. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling the truth. When you get in the car and it's broke down, you go inside and the phone's broke down and you and your washing machine's broke down and your dryer's broke down and the hot water heat heater's busted and and people quitting on the job and come on now, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. When you have a wreck on the way to work and totally your brand new vehicle, oh, you say, preacher, that's just life. You're right, but it's disruptive moments in your life. It's storms that come because you see, this is why the Lord said the trial of your faith is more precious than gold because it's going to make a better person out of you if you got some stuff underneath the water. It's not going to do a thing if all you got is teak wood and pretty sails and, and glamorous and flamboyant boat that everybody can see above the water. But let me tell you, I hope I got enough in my boat that when it flips upside down that it will automatically come back up because I got something in there that will turn it all around. It's below the water line and it's what you cannot see. Quitters never win. Anybody want to finish it? Winners never quit. You got to put something below the waterline. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. When you, when you, and I know you will, so I might as well say it. When some of you guys turn on the football game this evening, and Joe Burrows is throwing touchdown passes to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Hallelujah. When that happens, he didn't just walk out on the field and say, look at me. It's days and hours and weeks and months and years of training. You know why? He had to put some stuff. I saw something yesterday, and I remember the hit. It was when they were playing the university of, of uh, Central Florida, Florida Central, what it is. UFC, I think it is, University of Florida Central. In 2019, Joe Burrow threw an interception. And Joe Burrow went to make the tackle, and he was blindsided by a dirty hit. LSU Tigers. So, so I remember seeing that. I thought, man, he's not going to get up. And he stayed on his knees, and the guy that hit him, spit on him, and walked off. 
Joe Burrow never lost a college game after that because he had something in his craw that was a winner. You know what I'm telling you on this Sunday morning? It's the same thing living for God. If you're just floating around here and it's all about what you see and all about the music and all about the preacher and my preacher this and my church this and look at how wonderful we are and look if that's all you got, honey, the hits are coming and the storm's about to hit. And when you get turned over, you're gonna have nothing to get up on. But let me tell you, if you got some hours of prayer and you got some things down in here and you got this buried down in your spirit and you're living the best that you know every day and you're giving time to God. No, nobody's there clapping for you. Nobody's there cheering you on. Nobody's making a big glamorous time about it. But you got something below the waterline that's going to matter in the storm. Hallelujah. This is the same thing that Jesus was talking about. I hurry. This is the same thing that Jesus was talking about when he told the story in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. It's okay, help me out, I like that. That'll help me quit. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house Upon a rock. Jesus said, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it failed not, it failed not, for it was founded upon a rock. There was some balance on the bottom, there was some strength below the foundation. But notice, he didn't stop there. He said, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it failed, and it failed, and great was the fall. Of it. Two men, one built with something solid, the other built with the shifting sand. The same storm, no doubt. The same storm. The same storm. You know why the Bible said in the last days, He said everything that is that can be shaken is it's going to be shaken. Everything that can be moved, it's going to be moved. It's what the Bible teaches us. If you can be shaken by Antichrist and one world money systems and you can be shaken by all the corruptness that's going on in our world, the sin and the degradation 
if you can be if you can be shaken by that, then then you 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 sir probably need to tear that house down and and go back and get on the rock, because let me tell you when all other is shifting sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. I'm gonna build on something that is stable in my life. Something's gonna keep me when my pressure comes, when my heartache comes, when my trouble comes. I just fear today that some folks have built boats like the foolish man. And it's all about religion, but it's not about relationship. It's all about who I am and what I am. But let me tell you, offices, titles, descriptions, none of that's going to matter when the storm comes. None of that's going to matter when the storm comes. Darce, what would you have done if you didn't have Jesus when Gerard passed away? What would you have done? I could go around this room today and tell you people that stood solid as a rock, Margaret, what would we have done if, if when Austin passed, you didn't have the Lord to lean on? What would we have done? I can think of times in my life that, that if I could have been shaken, the devil was doing everything he could to shake me. But I built on a rock. I put the word deep. I didn't just build for people to see. And I, look, I think by now you know I don't care what people say. And if you don't, you don't know me very well. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to get your money. I'm not here to be a people pleaser. I'm not here to be just a hired servant. I'm here to be what God called me to be, and I'm here to do what God called me to do. And if I can shake us out of our apathy today and shake us out of our lethargy today, I would tell you that we have done, we've done so much to show. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Nobody wants to have a more beautiful building. Nobody wants to have all the things intact. And you Look around here. Look, look see this right here? This right here cost over $10,000. Now, we could have set these drums on on the floor and not had one cage, one light, one nothing. And we could have just looked common, but we ain't common around here. We like good stuff. We like to have the best. We want the best. We want everything that we can afford. But let me tell you, that ain't worth nothing. And neither is this building. And neither is this music. And neither is these singers. And neither is this preacher. If we can't have the power and the anointing of God in our life and we've got something below the water line. Here's what Isaiah said. No, this is what Matthew said. Let me get my let me get my glasses so I can make sure I don't misread it. Let me back up a little bit. There's some things I said, but let me tell you what Jesus said in Matthew. This people draweth near me with my, their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain, in vain do they worship me. 
they do worship me. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. I'm not worried about what man says. I'm worried about what God says. I'm not worried about what you say. I'm worried about what's in this book right here. Hallelujah. Is there anybody with me today? Hallelujah. You know what? We, we, we've got to get to the place that it's deeper than just a a, a, a little joy club on Sunday morning. It's deeper than just a preacher preaching a pretty sermon. It's deeper. That's what my wife was looking for today. Somebody to dig deeper. I, I, I quoted to myself in prayer this morning, deep calleth to deep. I want something deeper than just the surface, just what you could see, just the worship I want something deep in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you a couple more things before I quit today. In Matthew 15, continuing with that reading, the Bible said, He called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. You got to get it on the inside. I said you got to get it on the inside. You can't just have it on the outside. So Jesus was talking again, and, and this is what he said in Matthew 23, and I'm hurrying to a close right here. Woe unto you, verse 25, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He didn't make any bones about it, did he? He just called it like it was. He said, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. <laughs> you look good. You look good, but, but it's more than looking good. It's more than looking good. I pick with some of our guys here. I'm always picking on my buddy James. He dresses to the T, and I say, James, I can't keep up. I don't, know, I don't know if you got a big credit card or a lot of money, James, but I can't keep up. Just, just always coming out here, man, and new stuff. And then I looked up my buddy Gage. He's, he's got him some new suits, and I told him this morning, I said, Gage, you're putting pressure on me. Can't, can't keep up. I want you to look good. But James, more than looking good, I want there to be a deep anointing of the Holy Ghost. Gage, I want you to be used of God. I don't want Jesus looking down at this church and say that's a bunch of Pharisees and hypocrites and scribes and, and the outside of their cup and of the platter look good, but they are full of extortion and excess. He went on to say, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are likened to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear 
beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. I've come to preach to you today. It matters what is below the waterline. It matters what you have in here. It, you, you, I don't care how you look today. I'll probably step on somebody's toes right here, but I'm going to say what I need to say anyway. We've lived so long worried about how people look, how people look, how people look. And don't get me wrong, I don't think people ought to dress ungodly or unholy. I don't think that ought to be, not at all. I think we ought to all be modest in our dress. Everybody say amen. If you want to know how I feel, go get Wednesday night sermon. I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday night. Why are you wearing what you wear? Why do you do what you do? Why do you look the way you look? What's the motive here? But here's what I am going to tell you. You can't look like whited sepulchers and have dead men's bones on the inside. And you can't look like the clean cup and saucer and have a deadly spirit on the inside. I've seen people that looked like the epitome of a Christian but inside they were full of rotten hatred and rotten bitterness and rotten envy and they were full of sin and everything that spewed out of their mouth was detrimental to the kingdom of God. I'm preaching to you today. I'm just here to tell you I want the world to know who we are and yes I want to dress like a Christian walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian. You don't need to look like you came off of Bourbon Street. Mm, I'm about to get in trouble here. But I'm to that place that if I'm in trouble, I'm just in trouble. Because you see what matters to me. You ready? You ain't going to like it. Is empty prayer rooms and Bibles with dust on them and empty commitments and unfaithfulness to God, not sold out, not given the best, not laying it on the line for Jesus Christ, not saying, Lord, here am I. Do with me as you want to do. You may float that boat out of the harbor and blow along as the seas are calm, sir. You may be the talk of the town. You may look the best, but there's a storm coming in your life. And let me tell you this. This is what I preach and this is what I believe. You've either been in a storm, you are in a storm, or you're headed toward a storm because storms are coming to everybody's life. And here's what I want you to know. There's a way to survive the storm. There's a way to get past the winds. There's a way that you your boat won't turn upside down. Oh, it may capsize, but if you got stuff in the bottom of your boat, it's going to turn back up and you're going to be all right. Come on, get on your feet today. Is there anybody here that's working on things below the waterline? I'm preaching like GE would preach. I'm telling you like Pop would say it. Brothers and sisters, if you don't have anything there, when your boat capsizes, you're going to die in the storm. You're going to die in the sea. I've watched people walk through things. I don't know how in the world they got through it except 
that they had a death grip on God. Some folks, some folks just, they're good with just coming to church on Sunday. They think they've done God a favor. I know that because they don't show up on Wednesday. They're happy with just a few little songs. It's good in here. Hallelujah. Love you, Jesus. Clock out. I'll see you next Sunday. You may not know it, but I'm preaching right now. Never pray a prayer during the week. Never pick up a Bible. Never be a witness. Never do what God wants them to do. Come back the next Sunday. How are you? Oh, brother, I'm fine. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope Jesus comes at 1030 on Sunday morning for some of you. Are you mad? I'm mad at the devil. I'm not mad at anybody here. I want to pull you to a place where you say, God, I got to have more than I've had. I need a deeper walk, Lord. I need to be baptized with a fresh anointing today, Jesus. I need the Holy Ghost all over again in my life. I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I need you. I wonder if there's anybody, anybody in this room today that would just meet me up here and say, I'm going to put some stuff in my boat that's going to keep me from sinking. It's going to keep the, the winds from tearing my boat up. It's going to keep me from capsizing and never upriding my, my boat. I, I, I intend, and if I've left it out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back down and I'm going to go and put some things below the surface where, where it's, not, it's not just visible, it's important. It's important. The things that are important are often invisible. You need to remember that. The things that are important are often invisible. i got to have it, God. i got to have it. i got to have it. I gotta have a deeper walk. Come on, somebody needs to shed some tears here right now. Somebody needs to put some things on the altar to the Lord right now. We don't need to come quietly. We need to come boldly. And we need to say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry I've tried to do it my way, but here I am. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost in my life. I need a fresh anointing of God in my life. I need it today. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Lord, when I've just gone I've just through the motions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Now just sing another song. I don't want to do that. Take me back to where we started. Take me to where it started. 